0: Speaking the truth to the state capital. This is Drive Time Lincoln with the Commander Jack Riggins on the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. All
1: right, all right, all right. Monday, February fourteenth, Valentine's Day. Thank God I got that out there because the odds of me forgetting that um, were extremely high. Five oh eight. You know. Uh, Is the station stealing time from me, Johnny? What's going on here? just seems to be getting... Why later? We're just trying to silence the show. We now now record the Fox News bit for three minutes at the beginning as opposed to one. But one minute of that is ads like we do on our show anyway. So yeah, I don't know. (sighs) You know what you got to do, folks, to try to be a voice of reason, a voice of truth and research and then you know have actually make a stand and give an opinion you know what you 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 lose a minute and the next thing it's two minutes oh well here we are uh valentine's day february 14th a monday uh day 174 of the mask siege in Lincoln, Nebraska, on our way to over 180 days, we will get there, which which I call a Navy deployment. Um, somebody else reminded me that we've been in a state of emergency uh, well over 700 days. Ridiculous, right? Um, so crazy. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm detainee 3101, Commander Jack Riggins, host of Drive Time Lincoln, and detainee 722 is on the board. That's right. And for all the rest of you detainees out there... You know what? One day, we might be free. I mean, it has got to be closer. Otherwise known as Johnny Cadillac for me. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Sorry, Johnny Cadillac. This is why you have a producer. He helps you out. (laughs) That's true. Of note, I'm sure many of you have seen it. Um, It's pretty classic, right? Pat Lopez, there was a public pick. She was getting some award, I don't know why, without a mask on. I mean, this is just... The standard, right? I mean, you just have to accept across the nation if you're a Democrat, if you're hugely far left, you're going to spout all of the taglines, and eventually we're going to see you not following the guidance that you say if we don't do it is going to kill you um, but you know what i'm so beyond it we're closer to the end. Nothing's going to stop that woman and our mayor from. You know, creating these mandates. The next one, like I said, will be that you know the pinky finger of every child has been decreed um, evil and could kill everybody, so we must cut off the pinky finger of every child. Uh, and they have the legal authority to do that. Um, so you know what a world we live in. Super Bowl was this weekend. Uh, it was interesting. If you like football, it was a good game. I I like football. I would say the NFL playoffs were the most exciting they've ever been in successive weeks. Um, this playoff season, but yeah, it's all over. So whoopee doo. It's gone. The LA Rams are in fact the title, the world champions. Steve Sipp will be on Friday. I'm sure we'll talk to him about it a little bit as well as uh, get an update uh, of Husker stuff. If you're not paying attention, war appears to be right around the corner in Ukraine. Uh, with, uh, in today's world, the Ukrainian president coming out on Facebook and telling his people the Russians will invade on February 16th. And then that post was taken down shortly thereafter. I mean, this is this is an interesting deal in the world. Uh, nonetheless, like I've said before, and I won't come off of it, the U.S. has no business in trying to get in there and mix it with the Russians right now. Uh, we're weak internally. We're weak geopolitically. Around, we don't need to dig ourselves a hole. Uh We got a lot of f- things to fix right here in America. Uh Nonetheless, I think it's always sad if one nation feels they need to invade another nation. And so, there's certainly a y- lot of Ukrainians that I think we should say a prayer for because their life uh may be about to change for the worse. Um If you're tracking like I am, this city council fairness ordinance it may be voted on right now. I was watching the hearing here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um. I've done my due diligence on that. We'll talk about that as the week develops. I've had guests on. I'm against the ordinance. We don't need to create a special class of citizen on top of all the protections we already have. As a matter of fact, in doing so, you're going to alienate the vast majority of the citizens, and you're going to put uh, <sighs> seriously some of our most vulnerable children and you know women in some situations where somebody who just feels like today I'm a man, I'll go into the women's room, vice versa, all this. you know, It's just... It's like it's like the old John Candy thing, you know. It's just raining cats and dogs. People are going all over the place. People are just making crap up. Um, except here in Lincoln, we're going to make that legal, so you can do that. And you know, here's the deal: vast majority of citizens are against this, um, and a lot of citizen groups, and myself included, are asking questions about the law, asking questions about. Of reporting requirements, and just how this came about. So no matter what happens tonight or right now, if they voted on it, here's the deal. You can expect a referendum. It'll come around again. We're going to have to vote as people. We'll have, you know, whatever, 7, 15 days to get the signatures. We'll get them. Won't be a problem. Let's just hope the city council will follow the law this time, unlike they did last time. Okay. And this is interesting for all of you that are following um kind of election integrity as you know lancaster county in particular with its zucker and with its extra ballot boxes you know paid for by mark zuckerberg you know approved by our city or excuse me our county board uh, follows a very similar pattern to some counties up in wisconsin ah well wisconsin and the people there are way out ahead of us nebraskans they've already got this to their supreme court and just Yesterday or two days ago, the Wisconsin Supreme Court allowed a ban on ballot boxes for their April election. How about that, folks? The people said, this doesn't look good. We're taking it to law. Excuse me, I'm burping here as I say this story. Boom, done. Take it to law. Uh, Nebraskans, this is the way I feel about a lot of things. You, we can kick and scream. The commander can come up here and talk. In the end of the day, it's all about the law. If we got election integrity problems, if you don't like ballot boxes, you know, and, and the Zuckerberg thing is getting handled at the state legislature, hey, just take it as a private citizen or private group right to the, you know, the district court and the Supreme Court. You'll get a ruling. And there's already a precedence right there in Wisconsin. Okay. Guest today, if you can't remember back to last week, is gubernatorial candidate Lila McNich. And a
2: Welcome. Thank you very much. It's well, nice to be here. Welcome back. Yes. And happy Valentine's Day, gentlemen.
1: <laughs> I, you know, I don't know if any of us would have remembered, uh, <laughs> but that's not true. We wouldn't, but, but you did. Oh, you would have been told. That's right. We would have been told. But I appreciate you coming back in. Uh, we've got, we got about 30 minutes before uh, last Monday, and uh, you're more than gracious to come back in and brought some more materials. Um, the thing we, well, let me have you reintroduce yourself to the Absolutely. audience because there might have just been some people that weren't paying attention last Absolutely.
2: month. Absolutely. Well, my name is Leela McNinch. I've lived in Nebraska all 57 years of my life and um, grew up in York, Nebraska, graduated from York High School, York College, went to UNK, graduated there with a degree in education uh, and have had tremendous amounts of experience and job experience and just life experience, which... Uh, makes me wise as a Nebraskan. And it's not because I'm perfect. It's because I've done some really bonehead things and gained knowledge and experience from that. And that is what actually makes you wise. And I decided to run for governor because I think that our founding father said, you know, regular people in society, when they see a need, they need to step up out of their comfort zone, out of what they do on a day to day basis. And step into a role of leadership and serve the people. And that's what I'm doing. I saw a need as a Nebraskan to step up and serve based on my knowledge, skills, and experiences and abilities and my training that I've had throughout my career in Nebraska.
1: Yeah. And you, you know, you talked about. Last time you were on, which was just a week ago, you talked about really a, a legitimate calling mm-hmm. to, to step in and throw your hat in the race. And, and one of the things that, um, as I was getting to know you, you know, you, you studied what I would say classically in um, Christian studies. Yes. First, um, education was kind of your dream, and, and you started out um, pursuing mm-hmm. that, ended up really in the criminal justice system, applying that education um to people that were incarcerated and from there kind of a a jump and lifelong um, quest of education to serve both in federal emergency management act i mean your your Mm -hmm. resume in those areas is really robust i mean from um, statewide to national emergency response uh... to international training i mean going out and working with uh... the musad and different groups in tel aviv israel Mm -hmm. and so you're much more broad than a typical nebraska gal
2: yes i am uh and i you know i'm pretty quiet and laid back and and try not to be boisterous or bo- boastful on any of those issues but yeah i did have the opportunity to go over to israel to tel aviv university in israel and be trained by the Shinbet and the Mossad and um get my advanced certification in homeland security and that's a country where everybody wants to kill them and blow them up all of the time And to be able to receive that training and bring it back here to Nebraska, where many people think, oh, well, you know, we're safe in Nebraska. Nothing ever really happens here. But we need to realize that the interstates, the the traffic that goes through Nebraska, there are some seriously bad guys who travel through the state all of the time who are on watch lists that we need to be watchful for and prepared for, and anything could happen at any time. If you see situations where, whether it's a school shooting or any other type of attack, many people say, oh, man, I didn't think anything like that would ever happen here. We're such a close-knit community, and we know one another. We're united as people, and, you know, overall in Nebraska, we are united. We're generous and gracious and kind to one another. But there are some bad guys periodically who roll through, and we need to be prepared for that, and we need to know what to do. So that training by the ShinBet and the Mossad really helps, as well as my certifications in emergency management from the Nebraska Emergency Management Agency, but also the Federal Emergency Management Agency. And the the continuity of operations and continuity of government helps. So if there is something bad that happens, that we can continue to serve all Nebraskans, not just Republicans, not just Democrats, not just a certain color or a certain religion, but absolutely everybody and take care of everyone. And people need to remember that, that first of all, we're Nebraskans. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the politics aside, we are one Nebraska and we need to remember that. Um Also... I lost my train derailed there for a minute. Well, that's
1: okay. That's what I'm here for. Um, One of the things, with your background, and this is, somebody's going to want to crucify me for asking this, Mm -hmm. but this is not preplanned. But with your background, what is going on on our southern border must just infuriate you.
2: It does. Uh, A couple of years ago, my husband and I were down there on the border to help um, we worked with the Sheriff's Department there in Eagle Pass, which is right there on the Rio Grande and we watched two and a half years ago hundreds of people coming across every single day I have them i I've, I've interviewed them i videotaped them i'm watching them swim across the river. they're putting their babies on little floaties and trying to float them across the river. I saw people lose their children in the river and it's a fast current, and there's an alligator in the, in the river, and there's snakes in the river, and it's just a bad, bad thing. But besides that, the drugs coming across are unbelievable. The fentanyl coming across, and that comes from China into the southern countries and then comes across our border in the southern states, and it's deadly to everybody. Um, so, yeah, it does make me crazy to watch that. We need to get a... a a hold of that and get it in under control because the drugs coming into Nebraska, we have a horrible overdose problem in Nebraska. A lot of it is meth. Meth is a huge problem. A lot of it's cooked in Mexico, brought across the border, but fentanyl is also delivered in from China and shipped up into our country. And what we're seeing is, um, marijuana products are laced with fentanyl. Um, Marijuana's laced with with the methamphetamine, with heroin, with other opioids, that are causing people to overdose, or they're addictive, and they're killing us. The very slowly killing everybody across the entire nation. That's a sneaky way to take over yeah. from another country. It's just to kill us slowly like that.
1: Yeah. Um. Again, we're on with gubernatorial uh, candidate Lila McNich. Uh. One of the things I would like to. If you were elected, have you given it thought of what you would try to do as a governor to um, kind of throw back that impact from the southern border crisis? Because a lot of Nebraskans mm-hmm. do feel, you know, oh, it's not happening here. But mm-hmm. in fact, it is. It is happening. A- and and uh, what are some of the things, you know, within the power of the governor, things you're willing to explore if elected?
2: Absolutely. Well, I think there's roughly 60,000 illegal immigrants here in Nebraska right now. Um, that costs us about $30 million each year. That's a lot of money that the state is giving away to take care of people who aren't supposed to be here in the first place. So my goal, my mission, I'm coming after the people who are hiring those individuals. I don't blame people for wanting to live in Nebraska because it is amazing. Sure. It's a great state. But we need to find the people who are hiring them and arrest them, find them, those big companies, those slaughterhouses. I'm thinking one million dollars per illegal immigrant that you're going to be fined. Plus, that's, um, it's not human trafficking, although that is taking place, but that's, Forced labor. They don't have to pay them as much as they have to pay a U.S. citizen. So are they getting the benefits? There's no retirement package for them. Are they stealing somebody's identity? All of those issues are things that we need to be concerned with. So those people who are hiring them, they're going to get a huge fine per person, and you're going to be jailed. Those people who are um using the in- individuals for... um indentured servitude like maybe you'll come across and i say hey let me just make sure your passport is safe and i put it in my safe mm-hmm. but then i make you be my gardener or my housekeeper or my cook and i threaten you i don't pay you and i threaten you and say you know what if you don't do what i say i'm going to call ice and you're going to be deported Um and then there's the whole sex trafficking trade which Infuriates me. Probably one of my uh, most hot topics
1: yeah, is I want to
2: find those people, and they, as far as I'm concerned, if you're involved in the sex trade or uh, a rapist or a pedophile, you should never get out of prison. So I'll find all of those people, and they'll just yeah, I mean, not be in our the, state the, anymore.
1: The, the approach is to you know really clamp down on the existing infrastructure, but make sure that it's enforced um, with the people that are creating the conditions for. Mm-hmm. Um, illegals to come here or folks to uh, you know uh, who may or may not realize they're uh, getting in these situations
2: they're here because they're being hired
1: yeah when you come back when we come back I want to talk about uh, marijuana and your ideas on that because that's one of the things that separates you in the uh, conservative category 1499.3 KLIN
0: you're getting the 411 from DTL With Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3 KLIN. All
1: right, February 14th, uh, we're back. Drive Time Lincoln, Valentine's Day, Day 174 of the mask siege. Um, We've got gubernatorial candidate Lila McNich on. Um, We are going to open the phone lines at about 20 minutes till the hour, or that's 40 minutes after the hour, depending on how you look (laughs) at it. Um, and I think that 'll be exciting i 've got a few more uh, questions and, and items we want to discuss um, coming up uh, programming note uh, tomorrow we are going to have a little girl and her mother on who testified um, last week at lPS on the effects of masks uh, within our school systems and here you know in lincoln and i and I think it 's really interesting that a mother and a daughter you know team especially at that age would would care enough to go do it let alone you know raise up the courage to do it so i want i want them to come on and they've agreed to come on and i think it's just going to be great um you know if anything for me you know I get to show another young person that us older people we actually do care uh we care about their issues and how they're seeing things and uh not all of us agree um mm-hmm. on, on some of the things that they're experiencing um, we'll have Americans for Prosperity on Wednesday, um, talk about some of the state legislator, uh, legislative stuff going on. Maybe talk through their progress report, which is grading all of the votes that our elected officials do, because I think it's easy to get caught up in our daily lives, and we don't actually realize what the people who represent us are voting for. Um, so that'll be Wednesday. And Thursday, Nebraska against government overreach. I want to start advertising for this Freedom Convoy Right here in Nebraska, which is set to come right here to the state capitol on March 1st. So they're going to come in and tell us all about that. Um, So think Canadian trucks. Think of people that are sick and want their freedom back. And we're going to start it off on Thursday. Right here on KLIN 1499.3, Drive Time Lincoln.
0: Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins. On the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3, KLIN. Alright, breaking news here on Drive Time
1: Lincoln. Uh the city council did pass the Fairness Act five to zero. Uh appreciate detainee one three five seven nine texting in and reporting that. Phone's blown up. Uh so what does that mean if you don't believe in that malarkey? It means referendum, I guess, again. And so listen, Lincoln, I'm not worried about it. We'll get the signatures in the referendum. You know that will be thrown back to the city council. Um, let's just make sure this time they either throw it out, rescind it, or put it to a vote of the people. And then this will go away. It's a curious thing. I mean, procedurally and everything, this is all messed up, let alone the actual language in it. Um, but there you go. Like I said, voting has a consequence. You have a far-left liberal city council uh, with very little conservative influence on it. So... That's all right. We, the people, will just have to fight it. All right, we're uh, still on with uh, Lila McNich. Excuse me, McNich. um, Candidate, gubernatorial candidate, as I like to say, for governor. Um, One of the things that she brought up last time she was on the show, uh, last Monday, we talked about separating out from other conservative um, candidates, Mm -hmm. is support for marijuana, but that's too broad. I want you to explain your kind of platform item on... What your exact support mm-hmm. for that is? Cause okay, as you explain it to me, it's a little more detailed, and you thought through some angles I hadn't. In, other than just marijuana is legal,
2: right? Right. Yeah. There's a couple of things. There's cannabis sativa, hemp, which has uh, very small amounts of THC in it, and in the 1880s, Nebraska was all um actually one of the largest hemp growing states across the nation and we processed it and manufactured it and used that as twine as tarps as rope there's all kinds of textiles and supplies that you can make with hemp if we allow farmers to grow it right now i think that there are only about 10 farmers who have a license to grow hemp and it has to be the thc level and it has to be below point 3%. I think that information is correct or 0.03. It's it's a super low number. Um I think people are afraid that someone is going to go out there and pick it and smoke it and the only thing that's going to happen is they're going to get a really bad headache if they smoke hemp. It's not going to get them high. In fact, they could grow it up to 1% THC and there would be very very little effect for it and the THC in it um, if they extract that in the hemp that they're growing, they can use that for CBD oils mm-hmm. and gummies, um, products that help relieve of pain for individuals who are in pain. So it's good to use that. And then if we pass that and just lift all of the restrictions from it, we can grow that freely as another crop for Nebraska. We can bring in processing plants to process it, which that creates thousands of jobs. You can even use the um, hairy fibrous root as part of a biofuel. So right now we have corn biofuel, Mm -hmm. but we could use the cannabis for biofuel as well. Um, You hear other candidates say, you know, let's brand Nebraska. Let's do it. Hey, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it with our beef, with our pork, with our poultry, but also also with our textiles and clothing that we can make from it as well.
1: So, so, So I'm clear. Mm-hmm. It's really legalizing it for industrial use across the spectrum that all the products from hemp can come for, yes. come with or mar- marijuana as we'd say yeah. but it's it's allowing the farmers you know in the free market to mm-hmm. create the product right and at a level that um is not essentially you know. Boom! We're getting you know marijuana mm-hmm. at the high level out there. It's, no. it's the various level of low level products that we're seeing all throughout the United States and, and even exactly right, right here. I mean, you can you mm-hmm. have CBD stores, you yeah. know,
2: right here. We do have um, CBD stores, and they're effective. And if people would look at the clients coming into those stores, they would be shocked. The yeah. professionals, uh, the senior citizens, the people with medical issues who are coming in—they're not criminals who are using the product. They're yeah. They're professional individuals who are so using the product. So you support basically opening
1: up, you know, another crop for our farmers to Absolutely. be able to work with.
2: Yeah, and then we process things, and you talk about trade. We trade it nationally and internationally, and we can brand it with a little um, meadowlark or, or a, a goldenrod on there. Yeah for so it, nebraska it's, it's a
1: potential future Absolutely. industry in nebraska um again uh, call lines are open now Rick Stein recognition hotline 402 479 1400 uh if you have a a question for the candidate uh please call in text line works as well uh, we'll try to get the question on one of the things is you know and if you have more let me know but i always say you know what are your top three
2: platform items my top three platform items are first and foremost Education, because education touches everything, Um whether it is cannabis, people need to be educated on that. You know, I worked in prison for 12 years, and as an educator going in there, I was embarrassed and saddened and ashamed to see so many illiterate adults. So we need to work on education just in general, for the core curriculum of instruction that we're giving to our children so that they can graduate with skills and knowledge, so that they can go be a part of society and be productive members of society. So education. The other thing, and this is a huge one for me, is mental health. We see... um Mental health is a profound issue right now, not only in Nebraska, but across the nation. But in Nebraska, suicide is a second leading cause of death for our youth up to age 24. I think it's from 13 to 24. It's a second leading cause of death. And overall in Nebraska, suicide is above the nation's average Mm -hmm. in Nebraska. And again, that goes right back to education and taking the stigma off of issues of mental health so that people will go in and get help and not be ashamed. If you had diabetes or cancer or anything else, you would go in and take medications for that to make sure that you were okay. Uh, the other issue, my third issue, is taxes. I'm just like everybody else. A regular Nebraskan and taxes are killing us, um, whether it's the wheel tax in Nebraska and the additional penny um, tax for our roads or any other tax um, or personal property tax. And much of that goes to education, which is good. You know, I'm a proponent for education. We need that needs to be priority, but we need to get the taxes down. And in doing that, we're going to help everybody across the entire state.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of talk. Uh, we had uh, Senator Erdman on talking about, you know, kind of the new kid on the block, the mm-hmm. epic consumption tax. I know the current governor is looking at property tax relief. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot out there. Do you have any specific things, that if elected, you would go, go after, you know, kind of, we'll call it, you know, in the, mm-hmm. the, the first surge of help and that?
2: You know, I've been looking at that consumption tax and, you know... I would have to do a lot more research. A lot of times things look really pretty on the outside and and it's like, oh yeah, that would be great. It's like that beautiful shiny red apple. And then you go to take a bite of it and it's rotten. I want to make sure that that doesn't happen. And with a consumption tax or any other tax relief that we do, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take two or three or four or five years to make that change. We want to do it gradually, slowly. Change is terrifying to so many people. So we want to look at it, make sure that it works and make sure people will be okay with it because people want to be safe. They don't, we don't want to make the state bankrupt. We don't want to do that. We want to have enough for everybody else. But one way that we can also cut taxes is really look at the spending that is taking place across the state. Um, one thing that I don't know if anybody else is bringing up. I I have some questions about the new prison myself. What are they going to do with the old prison? Is it on the uh, registry of historical sites? Mm. If it is, we can't tear it down. So how are they going to use that? And if they're going to use it to continue to house inmates and it's good enough for that, then why really do we need a new prison when if we look at Hastings, for example, it did have the regional center and then it was used to house inmates and then it was used to house um, detainees for ICE and now it's just closed. How about we use that facility and put some additional inmates over there, maybe based on custody level, and you bring jobs back into that community? People want to work. They want to have well-paying jobs with benefits. So let's bring people back into those situations. Put the inmates back into a facility that already exists and not spend millions and millions of dollars of unnecessary um, tax funds to do these things. Also, uh, I know there's a big push to build youth facilities um, for community centers for our youth. That's great, but it doesn't have to be shiny and new all the time. There are hundreds of boarded up buildings all across the state that we can go in there and make Basic modifications and have incredible facilities for our children or for the communities to use without spending millions of dollars. So just really evaluating where that money's going to, lessening that so we don't have to tax people as much, because the need isn't there as much. I think that's a yeah, great I'm hearing, result. I'm, I'm
1: kind of hearing you know analysis efficiency yes and um, you know and in 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 that process of sifting through that you mm-hmm. find tax relief you yes find you do relief and, and uh and you know it's always interesting as a military guy i mean the military gets a lot of money we know that but compared to civilian facilities when you're finally out mm-hmm. and you walk around you realize that you're you're, you know, besides the warships and the high tech,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you you walk around in facilities that aren't brand new and shiny. Yes. They do get built every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But in the end of the day, um, there does tend to be, it seems, in both the civilian sector and local and state government, the let's go build the newest, latest, greatest thing. And you wonder often if, you know, it does have impact in the years out. It you does. Know, you know. Opposed to also looking at existing things mm-hmm. that you can do. That's interesting. Um, yeah, boy, you know this is a hot topic. I'm sure you've heard of the debates, but sure. um,
2: CRT and and sex health, st- sex ed standards in our schools. I will talk about critical race theory first, and everybody's pushing back and pushing back and pushing back. But what I don't hear is an alternative and a solution to it. I am against the current critical race theory as it stands right now. I think a solution would be to celebrate the greatness of every race. So the other day at Nebraska Hall at UNL, the elevator was out, and I work on the fifth floor. I and all the other professors and all of the students had to hoof it up. Five flights of stairs. Well, I'm appreciative to that black man who created and invented the elevator so I don't have to use the stairs every day. Let's recognize all of the great things, all of the inventions, all of the medications, all of the books, all of the great things that people of every race, of both genders, have accomplished, and let's celebrate that. Let's put those those um flyers up in elevators. Let's put banners up in the malls. In every community, let's show us united and the greatness of all of us working together, united, rather than working hard to divide us. You know, we need to look at the past and say, yeah, you know what? That was messed up. Those people 150 years ago made some serious mistakes, and we should never, ever do that again, ever. That is wrong, and it was bad. But don't shame me. For something ancestors did over 150 years ago. Um, You know, my my great-great-great-grandpa immigrated from Sweden. I have the immigration papers. He didn't own slaves. My great-grandparents didn't own them. My grandparents didn't. My parents did, didn't. Well, they did because... They had five children, and they used us, but that's it um, otherwise no and i i don't want to be shamed because of something that people so long ago did, but i'll be sure to make sure that never ever ever happens again, yeah. that we don't try to control people or use them that's just wrong, yeah, and i you know you have an
1: interesting take in. Um, certainly a lot of divisiveness over the last couple of years and, and maybe commonalities getting caught in, in the washing machine a little bit, but, um, you know, that's what I've always, I, I study history. I watch Mm -hmm. a lot of history, you know, in the end of the day, there is not, uh, one color. There's not one, uh, religion. There's not one nationality that has created all things like, especially here in America. And so you know sometimes a reminder of the people mm-hmm. that have come before us of all those different backgrounds and the things they've created that today you and I we take for granted yes you know or we don't even realize it um you know uh, that uh, you know and there's always like we just you know like we'll only celebrate so you know let's let's be honest in america Martin Luther King for African Americans black mm-hmm. people is a huge one right mm-hmm. but i mean there's millions of other oh my gosh black yes. people that have contributed to society. Uh, same with Hispanics. Same with yes. you know, religious leaders mm-hmm. uh, to include atheist folks. I mean, it's yeah, out there absolutely. Um, and and we, let's
2: celebrate that.
1: Yeah, we you really know. need to work hard on finding commonality and working mm-hmm. back to kind of. I like what you said about you know one Nebraska one one America. Really. Absolutely
2: and we are and I know that the native americans right now are working with firefighters on fire control so that sure. so that we don't lose our entire nation. People are wise. Let's yeah. let's celebrate the wisdom of all people of of male and female.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean it's it's transcendent and I think it gets lost in kind of the uh, you know maybe the little arguments or mm-hmm. or the uh I guess uh, the national media, as I like to call it, uh, you know, some better commentators have names for them. But, uh, you know, mass media plays a big part in it. Uh, let's take a call from uh, Terry on line two. Hey, Terry, you're on with the commander and Leela McNich. Hey, Terry.
3: Hi there. Yeah, hey, and I didn't catch your name there, uh, candidate. Uh, but um, in regards to critical race theory, I wish they would teach both sides. Uh, the what I'm the point I'm going to state is that the what I, to the best of my knowledge the first slave owner in America was a black man. Oh wow! He went to court and he and this is it's in the court documents it's in the register. So in 1864 I'm sorry 1654 mm-hmm. uh, he was to release John Casser, a black indentured servant instead Anthony um, told Casser he's extending. Anthony sued Robert Parker at Northampton in 1654 and 1655. The court ruled that Anthony Johnson could hold Castor indefinitely. Mm. The court gave judicial sanction for blacks to own the slave for their own race. Thus, Castor became the first permanent slave and Johnson the first slave owner.
1: Terry. In
2: education, we need to tell the whole story. Terry, good call.
1: Um, we're going to break that down when we come back. We'll have a short minute, but I appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, he's he's talking teach all sides. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll address that quickly. We won't have a lot of time, but uh, thanks for the call, Terry. Appreciate it. Fourteen hundred ninety nine three drive time Lincoln on KLIN.
0: You're getting the four one one from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN.
1: All right, we're finishing it up with uh Lila McNich, uh gubernatorial candidate, that means governor. Uh Terry, good good uh kind of thought stream. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to her for a second. He's talking about teach both sides and kind of commonality.
2: Absolutely. It's like Paul Harvey, the rest of the story. Let's tell the whole thing, not just part of the truth. Let's share all of the information. But you know, I still want to go back to let's unite us. Let's celebrate what we've all done together because together we are incredibly powerful we can accomplish anything uh, and unfortunately i think the media works really hard to pull us apart and that's sad because for the most part across the nation and in nebraska we are united we do stand up for one another we do have each other's back we do protect and take care of each other if something happened it wouldn't matter what your religion was what your race was we would all be there to show up to help each other, and that's very, very important. Yeah, uh,
1: I appreciate you coming on. Um, Thank and, you again. And I, and I know probably some other candidates are going to be like, "Oh, you gave her an extra thirty minutes." No, actually, I didn't. She was here, uh, and and we did it. And today we did it again. And yeah. all the rest of the gubernatorial candidates, and all candidates for that matter. Um, are welcome to come on the show. You know, you just got to get a hold of me and get a time Mm -hmm. slot. Um, And uh, I'm very worker friendly. Why? Because to me, this is a people's platform and it's another avenue for you to get your specific uniqueness out to the voters. And so thank you very much for coming on.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for having me as well. You bet. Yeah. Check my website, uh, Lila McNinch for governor. And also go to my Facebook, Lila McNinch for governor, USA truth and common sense. There you go, folks.
1: Uh, We're knocking them down one target at a time with uh, the candidates and trying to get everyone educated so we can be educated voters here on 1499.3 KLIN.